Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, I'm Steph and this is the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast and it's still the summer holidays. Since getting back from Italy, it's been a bit of a patchwork of clubs, visiting family, two of the kids are currently with grandparents, so we've survived another week. Um, And I think like lots of people, I swing between wanting to cherish some of it and just be a bit spontaneous and fun but also wanting and needing to work and then feeling guilty that I'm wishing the time away or the kids are spending a little bit too much time on screens um, and my guest today was really helpful with all of these feelings and she's actually qualified to help us so Anna Martha is a psychotherapist she's got three children and she's also a best-selling author with three books so far all aimed at helping mothers Her passion is taking therapy outside of the therapy room and making it really accessible. She has almost 180,000 followers on Instagram and she shares techniques and ideas and sometimes she also just shares how tough she's finding the juggle on her feed. It's very relatable. Um, But back to the guilt I mentioned, I think in pretty much every episode of this podcast there's been a mention of mum guilt. So I asked Anna what is the purpose of the guilt and she talks through how we can show some compassion for ourselves which gets rid of the shame, which in turn gets rid of the guilt. Um, And it's really helpful because I don't think we've got time to be sitting around just feeling guilty. And this phase of life can feel hard enough, let alone if we're beating ourselves up constantly. And quite often when we don't even really need to, we wouldn't put that on someone else if they were feeling guilty we'd tell them that they just shouldn't feel that way so she's really wise um there's loads of ground covered we talk about relationships uh and how the row over the dishwasher isn't actually about the dishwasher what happens when we don't validate our feelings so instead of being cross or bored we try to act as if all is wonderful because it seems to be something that mothers feel the need to do um and please let me know what you think of this episode by sharing it or if you're feeling really kindly, review on iTunes where we currently have a five-star rating. Um, And this episode is sponsored by the Glorious Happy Newspaper, which is a platform and quarterly physical newspaper dedicated to celebrating all that's good in the world. We sell it as an option in Don't Buy Her Flowers gift boxes. It's definitely become more popular with our customers in the last couple of years. I guess when people are looking for a bit more positivity and some inspiration, um, and they have also kindly given us a discount code for a discount on their products and subscription to the newspaper. So listen up and we'll share the details during this episode. Right then, to kick off, Anna and I talked a bit about how the summer holidays were going and I asked if she thought it was easier this year now we've already managed months of the kids at home during the pandemic. There was an element going to the summer holidays for me where I had to remind myself it wasn't a lockdown because there was so much about that that I found incredibly hard (laughs) and I would just walk past the printer which I still can't look straight in the eye and get this kind of homeschooling yeah and just have Mm. to remind myself that I'm not stuck at home yeah you know I'm not I do have I can do things I will be able to take the kids out and we've been going through so much challenge over the last few years with one of my wonderful children who we, we haven't had like assessments and stuff but there's a whole yeah there's a whole level of of challenge there around kind of emotional containment or or lack thereof which was really hard in the pandemic Mm. and 
I think we find it hard to find and I think loads of families find this where where is routine helpful and where is actually just being able to go with it helpful and and sometimes different children need different things and that can be a really difficult thing to balance so I was very nervous about that so I think yeah it was very mixed feelings going into it but we've done a week now over here (laughs) and it's feeling like you know we're doing we're doing good and I actually feel proud of myself five to go five to go five to go and you've got three kids and then their their needs are obviously going to be different as well because they're ages so your young Florence is three yeah three and then your eldest is seven is seven and then I've got a six-year-old just six yeah they're completely different needs the you know the first one my first child he always has been pretty textbook like he's quite straightforward and he lulled me into a very false sense of security (laughs) And I was pregnant again by the time he was one. And I I had no idea how different they could be. Yeah. You have to parent them differently. You've said that it was your second that because you found it really hard and you did struggle with anxiety and postnatal depression. And that's what spurred you on to this career, which is all about how, I mean, you obviously were already a psychotherapist, but you've become like a mum whisperer. So it's all about... (laughs) motherhood and so you've got three books so mind over mother know your worth and the little book of calm which came out this year yeah but they're all kind of tools to help give people access to therapy that maybe don't have access or just to be put that into your daily life rather than waiting for your appointment once every couple of weeks or whatever yeah definitely I think I started to recognize that there were certain themes in the therapy room that were coming up over the years of being a therapist and you know therapy isn't accessible for everyone and there are huge waiting lists for people that want to access it by the NHS and I think my passion was just to hand some of those tools over so whether it's in the interim and you you would like to have therapy or actually you just want to equip yourself a little bit more and untangle things and it's discussion as well isn't it so you've obviously posted a lot on Instagram and it's like that drip of information and thought and discussion is where we then start having regular conversations about how people are really feeling rather than Mm. it being hidden and tucked away because I think it's probably really easy people to forget how much that's changed in the last like five ten years that you can have a conversation you go I am finding this really hard compared to maybe the previous generation of women who are now in their kind of 50s or our parents who felt that they had to put on a show and everything had to be in its place and maybe their role was more just to mother it wasn't quite as conflicted as our roles where we're also trying to do all these other things and I think that leads into this kind of rush hour overwhelm that I talk about and I know you talk about because it's very very different it's changed so much it certainly has hasn't it I think I I remember seeing a quote from an article that I'd written that uh a newspaper had put on their Instagram and I think it was like you know us mums have more challenges in many ways than the generations before us and then someone had replied saying I disagree I think we have it easier Mm -hmm. you know than because we have more support and actually I think it's just so nuanced isn't it you know in some ways you know we have more tools available to us but in other ways we have more to juggle we put more pressures on ourselves we're the generation of you know we were kids after the war generation of kind of keep calm, carry on, smile, you know, look on the bright side. And I think we're trying to unpick that because that hasn't served us well as a, you know, that's a coping mechanism. It's not a way, it's not a sustainable way of living. Yeah. So I think we're having to unpick a lot of that kind of outward, I'm fine, I've got this covered, I'm strong, keep calm, carry on. People still find it awkward as well. Like if I, I, I've had various points in the last couple of years where I struggled and if I, if you say when you say to someone, I'm just, I remember I was walking across the rugby pitch and I think I was dragging Frank. Buster was on the far side. I don't even know where Mabel was. <laughs> you know, Somewhere like around. Three, someone's around. And someone said, oh, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm really fucking angry. And I didn't give it any context. I didn't really explain it. And they looked so uncomfortable. But I just was fuming in that moment because I don't know, life just felt hard and I felt rubbish and and I've had a few times where I've said something like that or just like god I remember after one of the lockdowns like that was really really tough and then someone goes oh I found it okay like they can't handle it almost but then that makes you kind of oh the you know the guilt and the shame and that oh I'm obviously a shitter parent than them and all that stuff yeah is difficult it is isn't it and I think 
I know in so many ways as a mum, I am incredibly privileged. I have the tools to address certain kind of mental health challenges that I have. You know, I have access to those. I have good friendships. I can access that. And I know that that in a way sometimes is enough. Like on social media, I might get someone saying, because I talk so openly about kind of those just mum emotions and Mm. I know that some that sometimes we and I've done this before too looked at someone else's lives and thought well it's all right for you though but look at what you've got and I remember opening up about my postnatal depression this is one of those moments where I was so tired and I was all I was always one of those people that that was just kind of wrapped up neatly Mm -hmm. and that was my way of kind of coping with life and I remember and you've, you've talked quite a lot about that like that mm, kind of perfectionism and yeah. not being and, and that's the shift that you maybe had after your second that being having having to be vulnerable realizing well, you have that to. you had to yeah, well, I, had yeah. to, I literally had no choice and you know I remember saying to a good friend of mine oh I've actually been fe- feeling really low I've, I've been really struggling and she said, you know, but look at what you've got, Anna. You've got a lovely husband. You, you know, your children. You've got two children, and some which moms... sometimes works, right? Sometimes, well, yeah, we need okay both, phase. though. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think you know we can be so aware of our privilege, hmm. but that should not overrule the human emotion. Hmm. You know, we we can. I think it's so important to have that gratitude. It's so important, but it's also so important to validate our emotional response to what's going on Mm -hmm. and I think the pandemic really kind of really embedded that sense of you know that gratitude that positivity it was a coping mechanism for us you know to sit at home and think I'm so grateful that I am not Mm -hmm. going through dark grief at the moment but then we can so easily use that to devalue our own emotion you know Mm -hmm. I should be grateful I shouldn't be feeling this way I shouldn't be feeling overwhelmed because look at so and so how does somebody go through that what's the kind of process of accepting that that's okay and then being able to validate that feeling and you maybe you can't say it to everyone but like what do they do I think it's really important to be aware that your feelings are just a human response to your circumstances that's what Mm -hmm. they are they're not a statement saying that you know I should be feeling a different way as soon as we start telling ourselves that we should be feeling a different way Mm -hmm. we're not valuing that emotion and then it can and we get, do it a lot with kids, we right? Do it. Because we go yeah. like as soon as you say something is shitty about your kids, it's like, oh, I love them. And it's yeah. like, oh, we know that bit. We, we don't know need that. To say it and every I think time. It's that it's standing on the truth that I know I love my children. Wouldn't it be mm-hmm. great if we just didn't ever have to caveat that? Yeah. Wouldn't it be so such a powerful thing? And you think, well, that foundation. So I literally sometimes when I'm battling with this in myself, and the reason I talk about all of these things is because I'm constantly having to do it to myself too. You know, I haven't mm-hmm. got this doesn't all come naturally to me you know imagine that that foundation is there what's that foundation you know you love your child Mm. that that's the truth but then Mm. everything else is just something that sits upon that foundation and that changes and moves like a bit like fog you know fog kind of just it moves and it it changes and those are that's the feelings it's just having a human response to what's going on we know the truth you know we know that, that that foundation is love we know that that foundation is is gratitude and awareness of some of those privileges that we have. And both things can be true. Like Mm. it's that and, it's the, I can feel overwhelmed and grateful. You know, I can feel feel overwhelmed and still know that someone else has it a shitter time. Yeah. But you don't need to permanently be telling everyone that you're aware of that. Because who gets to feel like it's it's like there's a hierarchy of feeling then. So who is that one person that actually gets to feel overwhelmed? you know someone will always have it harder than you someone will always have it easier than you and if we're just going to keep playing top trumps with each other mm. we're going to keep suppressing our feet you know we're going to just keep suppressing and them and they're going to come out you, sideways what's, what's the result if you suppress those feet because that's ultimately what it's about isn't yeah. it because it's like okay so we can do that and lots of us do that all the time but then what happens if you suppress it comes out sideways it's like an energy it's like a wave you know if we were just to keep blocking that wave it starts building up pressure mm-hmm. you can imagine a damn wall you know that water is a pressure against the wall and if you know it'll just spurt out and it happens you know it might be in that frustration that irritability it might be in resentment at your partner it might be you know things that the words that just come out kind of like knives and you're like oh gosh I can't believe I just said that if we're guilting our emotions Mm. you know we're not having compassion for ourselves are we so it might Mm. be that you actually find it really hard to look after yourself well because you feel guilt so when we feel when we have guilt that's not addressed we're we're gonna move to some kind of 
sometimes it can be quite self-punishing behavior the little Mm. things that we overlook or the needs that we ignore and I just think acknowledging and respecting our feelings and not applying too much value to them Mm. like it's almost like we want to apply meaning to it so I feel I feel really bored today for example with my kids oh my gosh how can I feel bored you know so many people would kill to be in this situation I'm Mm. so lucky and what do we do with that we don't address that feeling then we don't just think, oh, you know what? Sometimes it is a bit boring. Mm. And that's just how it is. I know I love them and that's that's that foundation. But all of this for new mums is particularly pertinent because it's a it's that shit, you know, it's a, such a shift. It's that overnight shift. And what do you see in your work as the biggest, most common challenge for new mums? Yeah, I think it is those invalidate the invalidation of some of those really normal human emotions as if I don't know if you felt like this you know I I really wanted to be a mum and I felt so privileged that I was able to to become a mum and I remember almost like pressuring myself that I should just feel this constant gratitude and joy Mm. and love love and Mm. the nurturing kind of maternal that kind of archetype I think we have in our mind And I was quite shocked to find that I still felt anger and boredom and resentment and kind of missed aspects of my pre-baby life. And you think, actually, sometimes we pressure ourselves as we walk out of the delivery room or wherever we had the baby, that we we lose half of the spectrum of human emotion. We'll get angry and bored and frustrated and lonely. And we will always feel all of those feelings at different times. And I think I, I really guilted myself for half that spectrum of human emotion Mm. because I had a baby and I think I see that happening quite a lot I mean I massively had rage after each kid and I think that was a lot of that which was that invalidation of feeling I was feeling all these things I was feeling anxious I was feeling overwhelmed and all that stuff and and Doug didn't feel that Mm. a lot of the time and I think we've talked we know now we have a different understanding of that and that whole thought that idea behind invalidation in your relationship and how important that is. But I think that's probably where there's so many clashes for couples when you have a baby because you haven't had to think about that before. Yeah. And if you're not feeling heard in your relationship, but then you're also not hearing yourself. That's like a Mm. double whammy, isn't it? Mm. It's Mm. a double whammy. Yeah, because you don't, I couldn't work out what, so I thought it was all because of Doug. (laughs) Yes, it is easier to place it all somewhere. He's a prick. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, actually, I'm frustrated. Like, even saying this now, I'm probably realising some of it for the first time. I'm frustrated because I did enjoy my work and I'm at home and my body feels a wreck and I haven't got the friendships around me that I had and could could get to so easily when I could meet someone and all that stuff and it was all directed at poor old I mean he did make some fuck-ups but but (laughs) overall he's a good guy and that's what was happening yeah our brains like doing that though it's called displacement so and this is another this is a way that these emotions come out sideways so you know I might feel overwhelmed frustrated I might have some different emotions going on and then the cereal box falls out the cupboard and Mm. you know it makes me lose everything you know I lose and you think is it really about the cereal box or (laughs) is it you know is that cereal box an opportunity to direct all of these feelings at something because actually it's almost easier for it to be about that Mm. than it is to acknowledge that actually it might be about things that I can't change Mm. and I think a lot of motherhood is about coming to terms with things and I remember this desperation almost for Tara and my husband to feel what I felt yes as a mum and this this kind of anger that he doesn't know what it feels like yes he he's amazing with the children but normally I'm around or it's kind of short it's a half a day on a weekend you know he doesn't have that kind of run of days and challenge in the preschool you know that rushing time of the day where you're trying to just get everyone out and one of the kids Mm. is probably having endless tantrums and trying to manage that and just looking Mm. around for the adult and realizing that you're that only one you know and and it's hard and I remember thinking I just want you to know what it feels like Mm. so that you will see me and he's like I can see but he will never know what it feels like to be me no never and 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 I don't think in that moment I don't think you can I think I could explain it better now 
to Doug, mm. but I couldn't then because I didn't even really understand what was happening. I think one of the one of our guests before, Matt Frey, and I and I, I think I've heard you talk about it, is this idea of consideration that a mum almost as soon as the baby arrives, or even before when you're pregnant, there's so many people to consider and so many things to consider. So, and you're always thinking about like, have they got a snack? Have they got enough clothes? Have they got enough sleep? Do they need more sleep? Have they had too much sleep? Have they stimulated enough? Like this massive yeah. long list of stuff, as well as considering your friendships and your family and siblings. And I don't know, how's the house? How's the, there's this whole massive long list of stuff that Doug just didn't feel mm. like and I don't think, and, and these are generalizations, but but from all the conversations I've had, men don't have that. That same, like, the bit that I couldn't explain about having babies, and I didn't understand before having babies, was how much I felt every missed opportunity to sleep for them and for me. Everything, whenever they were sad or upset, or I felt like I'd done it wrong, or like how much I really felt that in my whole being, and it could ruin your day, or it could lift your day if it went well. And Doug did not have that, mm. like 100% didn't have that. And yeah. and there is a period, I guess, when you first have, when you have small kids where you, a woman, I think, does give herself over. And, and that's okay, because I suppose you don't want it to feel like you shouldn't be and you should be battling on, because that's the opposite of equality anyway, if we're just supposed to just keep doing everything as well as doing this massive thing. Yeah. It's so complicated, though, to get your head around, because I don't think you can until it until it's happening or after it's even after it's happened yeah absolutely and I think you know that was part of the coming to terms for me was that I remember set like in an argument being like, I just want you to know what it is like mm. and he said I will not because I cannot be you and mm. it was like this light bulb moment of I want something I'm never going to get so how can we work out a way that I'm feeling heard within it all. What can we do? What can we put in place? And how can we keep having those conversations along the way? And because to do then, that when you're tired and you've oh, just had a baby, it's impossible. Like it's another admin work. task, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's another... Yeah. Yeah. We just to survive. We we always say like we would just had to survive those first few years, and that sounds a bit depressing. But we, there wasn't much reflection at that yeah. point, like in it. Yeah. We couldn't. We didn't have the capacity to do that. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, for me, it's just speaking out in the moment and recognizing what is the story beyond the irritation. So it might be like, you didn't empty the dishwasher. I can feel that frustration. And I might say, you know, you didn't empty the dishwasher. And because of that, I feel like your assumption is that I'll do it. And then he can talk back to that. But I think if I just leave it at that irritation, what can you do with that? Because mm. then there's defensiveness. And I just think if you can acknowledge the story that you're telling yourself beyond that, it doesn't, mm. you know, normally it doesn't take long to think, actually, why am I annoyed? What's the feeling? It's that I feel that there's an assumption there that I'll do it. And then that makes which me is angry. A, which is a big deal, right? Because yeah. that whole loss of identity piece in that first year or so where... Uh, you know all the things that previously made you you a lot of them aren't there and so then if your partner is almost adding to that yeah no wonder we're so pissed off with Ooh, them because it's like <laughs> you know it's that mothering that requires so much oh. of us and then I think if there is any element of feeling like I'm having to mother him him then I you know there's an instant feeling of overwhelm and resentment that comes up in me mm -hmm. Which, and, which I think it's also confusing to to look at it from their point of view for a moment and then we'll move on. But it's confusing for them because actually, like I've said before, prior to having kids, I did mother Doug to a degree. Like I, we were in the home and I was slipping into more of a traditional role and I would be doing stuff and I kind of took pride in that and making him his fucking pat lunch and all that mm. stuff. And then it was like, I can't do that for you anymore because yeah. I've also got this. And it's yep. too much. So they're sitting there going, whoa, well, what's changed here? So that needs to be, yeah, yeah. You can make it yourself. Yes, that needs to be a conversation. I and I, again, I didn't really know that that's what I was doing at the mm. time. Yeah. It's that recognition, isn't it? And thinking what's going on here. And yeah, because I think it's such a common dynamic in relationships where the woman can feel like she's parenting the partner 
Mm. in any way and that resentment can just you know it's a very powerful thing resentment especially unaddressed resentment because we create stories in our minds about why that's happening and what that means Mm. it's almost quite emasculating isn't it it's like you're another child and I don't want to feel like you're another child but how do we work that out when perhaps I have been parenting you previously and it's just these conversations that can be really hard and just coming out with the stories that we've been telling ourselves about it so that yeah. we can fill in some and It's of really out. interesting because I've had messages from gay women who have children mm. who have said that it is very different and probably not for everyone, but the messages I've had have been like, they don't have those traditional roles to play to that maybe you do uh, if you're in a heterosexual yeah. relationship. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? And I think it's, yeah. it's also... more appealing. But it, I does, it does. <laughs> it definitely does have an appeal to it. But I think now it's, you know, sometimes we, beyond the actual relationship and the roles that we've fallen into, we sometimes need to address our own sense of how do we feel handing things over? How do we mm. feel asking for help? Mm. How do we feel saying, actually, this isn't okay for me? Because for so many years, I felt like I, I had my own rules for myself. You know, I should be able to do everything around the kids because I'm the mum. This is what I should be able to mm. do. If I don't have capacity, then that's that's my lacking and that's what you've seen right that's what you've that's learned what I've and seen, it's not just yeah. through your own yes. upbringing it's through every film yeah. series book pretty Absolutely. much until recently and we need to address this and we need to address this I think even before we can start having some of these conversations because what are those narratives that are holding us back from even accepting the support that's actually in front of us so I remember you know, when my middle child, he he was so, so he had an undiagnosed silent reflux. He basically screamed for nine months of his life. I was so sleep deprived, I would hallucinate. I should never have been behind the wheel of a car. It was just awful, basically. It was awful. And I remember even in the midst of all of that, my husband, I sent him upstairs to this bedroom. It didn't even have a door because it was kind of like a attic conversion room because he was working. So I was like, you need your sleep. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have your sleep I have to be able to do this and I have to be able to do it on my own because I'm the mum and this was just a narrative that I had and it was almost excruciating when anyone offered any help I felt a deep sense of failure mm-hmm. like they can see that I can't do it them even offering help felt like a really big insult to me mm-hmm. I think only when I really hit rock bottom with that and I realized that I couldn't do it all and that wasn't my failing it was a just my human limit the circumstances it's too much yeah, and I think that's yeah. it sometimes and Zoe Blasky says this so beautifully you know the reason it's hard is because it is it's not because mm. we're failing you know we need people and you know the difference I think I had a real moment at the beginning of the summer holidays my husband said would you like me to take some Fridays off through the summer holidays and previously I would have been like no no, 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 no. it's fine don't yeah, worry about yeah. it don't yeah. but I was just like yeah yeah anything anything you can give me please yeah. please take it off and you know I think and that's, everyone benefits because then you everyone feel like a benefits. team and yes. then you're less resentful and then, yeah. yeah but sometimes I think we need to address our own stories around what we should be able to manage mm-hmm. yeah. which again is confusing for your partner if you're making demands but equally sweeping up everything behind them and then it's like well so which do you want like I think you have to be willing to let them fuck up oh yes and do it in in their way yes and that's taken like what my eldest is 11 it's taken us years to get to that it's not something that happens overnight but but realizing like if I just keep doing this and I keep or crushing him every time he doesn't go you've not done it right He's not going to do it. And then I'm just in the same place I was at the beginning. Yeah, so if a water bottle, for example, is forgotten, what's going to have to happen? He's just going to have to go home, grab Mm. one. You know, we soon realise that it's useful to remember certain things. (laughs) You You hope. I I mean... I think (laughs) we just... Well, yeah, you hope. A quick interruption to tell you about our sponsors of this episode, The Happy Newspaper. It's a hugely refreshing twist on news. They report positive changes and people doing excellent things who deserve to be recognised. And it's a blooming sunny publication and platform. And they also have some lovely initiatives like for every two subscribers, they send out a newspaper to a UK school. And if you'd like to subscribe, they're offering an exclusive Don't Buy Her Flowers discount, which you can also use against their products. The code is the Happy News 10 
that's the happy news one zero which you can use up until the 12th of september and go to thehappynewspaper.com to view their products and subscriptions and to use the code hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I remember I had appendicitis when I was pregnant. I Yeah, I had to have it taken out. And I was in hospital for four days and I'd never left my son this long. And I remember thinking, right. how's how's everything going to get done? How's everything going to be remembered? But it's amazing how a lot of the balls that we're juggling are quite bouncy. Mm. So if that nap time's missed or we didn't go down at that specific time or didn't eat well that and you're not there thing. for the, for the fun, uh, yeah. right so he if anything that might mean that your partner sees that if they didn't have that yeah. nap later on is a fucking nightmare yeah. so the next day maybe they do it in a better or the way that yeah. you've kind of said this actually works i really thought the world would fall apart if i stepped out of that role for a few days and i had no choice to and it was really interesting because yeah the house might have been a bit messier than i would have liked when i got home like kid might have been a bit tireder than I would have liked but actually you know the main things were okay Mm. and I think sometimes we apply such equal value to things that really matter and also to things that actually if that ball's dropped it doesn't matter you know if I forget a friend's birthday you know if I if I forget that part or double but that does it really matter in the grand scheme of things and it's like we're just applying that's something that comes as well with experience so when you're like we both with our third kids were way 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 kinder to ourselves it took to the third ones to go oh so we do need help and we can take help in fact we can book some help yeah and then also my expectations are so much lower of what we can handle as a family like what and what we can get done and what we need to do in a day or whatever and I think a lot of it is about recognizing comes to terms with the fact that we're limited we have limits and that isn't failure that's human and addressing people pleasing, which has been completely life changing for me and lots of the people that I work with. Because a lot of this, you know, it comes out of that. Well, I can't say no to that. And we've just had a holiday where they could swim oh, and we could. Did you read like, a book? I read four books. Oh, four. And yeah. then, and like, wow. I couldn't have dreamed of that like a few years ago. Yeah. But I think, but even then, like, I just wanted to talk about guilt actually, because like, when we were away, we took iPads and whatever 
and they had this little hookup thing so that all three of them could put their headphones into yeah. one screen, which I really like because then you feel a bit less neglectful. They're all they're into like, it. They're all in yeah, it together. Together, exactly. Although finding something that a four-year-old and eleven-year-old like is a challenge, but mostly Frank just watches stuff that's really inappropriate for a four-year-old. Yeah. But I like the kids just wanted to be at the pool. We had a villa, we had a pool. They they just wanted to be there, especially the first few days. Everyone snackered. And Doug and I would be like, right, well, we should go to the beach. We should be that guilt, you know. Yeah. And it was like everyone's happy. We were happy. We're all sitting down. We're they're watching a bit of screen time. They would be watching way more if we were at home, and they wouldn't be. And it's so funny how you flip to the guilt. Yeah. Of di- of every fucking scenario and then those shoulds that came in we should be doing stuff we should be getting out we should and it kind of stifles what's actually happening yeah which was everyone's really happy yeah (laughs) and sometimes you know I literally ask myself that in the moment you know if it's good why change why change it what if this, you know, when we think back to summer holidays when we were young, I remember, so my mum was a physio and I remember I used to go to work with her some of the days when she was working the summer holidays and my brother and I used to sit in the waiting room and play with the crutches. Like that's what we did. There and wouldn't have even been an iPad. No, but, but it's almost like what we, this pressure that we're placing on ourselves takes us out of the very situation that's yeah. actually okay. Mm. And and, it, and it's a pressure that I'm guessing we're going to be passing on to our kids, right? Where they need to yeah. be permanently oh, entertained. Yeah. So in those moments, I think just thinking, what's that narrative? What am I telling myself that we should do? And is this, is what is happening okay? Mm. Like, are people all right? Is everyone is everyone fairly content? If yeah. so, why, why change it? So what's the guilt about? Why? What's it meant to, to tell us? I know we get it confused, but yeah. what's it meant to tell us? So I always say, don't let guilt shame you because if you're feeling guilty and you don't address it, you know, we can then slip into, I'm not a good mum, I'm not doing enough with them, we're meant to be making memories, I'm not, mm. you know, I'm failing at that, I should blah, blah, blah. You know, and we can then end up shaming ourselves. And when we shame ourselves, then our self-esteem is affected. We're less likely to do those things that are caring and nurturing to ourselves that we need so much. And it just becomes that spiral, our critical internal dialogue picks up. So I always say, always let guilt prompt you, not shame you. When you feel guilty, see it as a little red flag that pops up and it's it's alerting you to something. And then I've got this little technique that I created for myself, my ACT technique. I love it. I I just do these things, you know, selfishly because I need them as well. And then I share Mm. them. So I just remember thinking, is this it? And this actually was in lockdown and there was just so much guilt. And I thought this, this is not good. This cannot be my life now just with this undercurrent of kind of shame and guilt. So the ACT is address compassion tweak. So imagine holding that, Imagine holding a piece of coal in your hand and just looking at it and thinking, what what is this guilt that I'm feeling? So kind of look at it objectively and think, I am feeling guilty that we are on holiday and all my three kids are on their screens. You know, the, that's it. That's what I'm feeling guilty about. See, compassion, bring some compassion into it because shame cannot exist in that same space as compassion. What compassion can you bring in? You know, Steph, this is your holiday too. They're all happy. You know, this is what holidays are actually about. You know, you're doing a good job. They're enjoying life's being busy. together. Life, life is, is so busy. busy. Slow down. This is your break. Term time. Yeah. 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 You know, and so that's the compassion. Think about how you'd reassure a friend if you find that hard. And then the tweak is if if guilt is there to prompt you, not shame you, what is it prompting you to do? So in this situation, it might be that at lunchtime you say, right, do you feel like doing anything this afternoon? You know, what? if we did something what might that be or or do you actually just need to chill today you know it might just be that kind of that intervention of offering another option or deciding to do something fun the next day that takes you out of that where you're staying so just yeah how can you act on it and then you can put that bit of coal down and you've you've addressed that it can't and it's the idea that with the compassion so because sometimes especially I think for women and this whole mum guilt thing it's not even warranted guilt, right? Yeah. Like if it's yeah. guilt about oh, put my child guilt. in nursery yeah. to go to work, well, where else are you going to put them? And what, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so that's where it gets really complicated, isn't it? Because it, it's a guilt that I guess, again, it goes back to like we have this expectation of ourselves as mothers, which is based on 
a life that none of us are leading. I think yeah. something like majority of women, I think the average number of hours women work, paid or unpaid, is like 20 hours a week compared to a couple of generations ago where it was very, very different. Yeah. And so you're trying to fit more in. It's, it's completely unwarranted guilt. It is. So I always, you know, when I'm working with clients and they might be, they might be carrying guilt for years and blaming themselves mm. for something that wasn't about fault. Mm. And I wonder sometimes whether under this guilt is kind of loss or grief or sadness sometimes. You know, it's easier to feel angry with ourselves and blame ourselves than just to allow ourselves to feel sad or recognize a loss because we it's not as active. We can't do anything about that. It's just about acceptance, whereas frustration is much more of an active feeling. So sometimes... It might be, you know, I work with mums that didn't have the birth that they wanted mm -hmm. and they feel so much guilt. And that isn't justified mm -hmm. guilt. That isn't their guilt to carry. And it might be that actually instead of that guilt, is there a little grief to journey through because there was a loss there. They had a dream, they had a desire and it didn't go that way. So actually maybe it's easier sometimes to be cross with ourselves than it is to feel sad. When that goes back to your point about suppressing you haven't validated mm. the original feeling, yeah. which was that you agree you wanted to grieve or you didn't get the birth that you wanted. So now it's coming out as something else further yeah. down the line because you haven't dealt with it. Yeah, and we see it with kids. You know, we um we see that if they're upset about something or if they're having a tantrum, and we're just mm. like, be quiet, stop it. You know, just trying to kind of stop it Doesn't how work. is that <laughs> you know if we were actually if we, we had can... one this morning because oh, we God. didn't have enough cereal selection oh, it was oh, just like a, you know and it, well exactly properly lost it but when you know what that's about you can meet that need or you can mm. just at least talk you haven't got the cereal you haven't got the cereal but at least you can talk about the fact that it's really sad we are going to that we, we haven't got the cereal we, we, yeah, we are the cereal. we discussed what we will get that was the main issue we needed to know it was coming yeah and I think sometimes we, yeah, we just layer it out with this frustration that we're feeling the way that we're feeling and then we feel guilt about it, we feel shame about it. I think you had an episode with Catherine, is it Ormerod? Yeah. So she posted on her Instagram about that of 52 weeks of the year, she has two weeks off yes. with her partner where they go on holiday or whatever. And that might be split over however many weekends or whatever. And I remember reading that and being like, whoa, that's bold. But actually... And she and like she doesn't feel guilty about it. That was the yeah. key bit. Yeah. Bit. But actually, two weeks of the year, if you split that up into a couple of weekends, maybe a wedding, whatever, however you do it, it's really not that much time that you get to be with your partner and not your kids. And she's leaving them with family. So they're getting that experience and those connections and all that stuff. It was interesting because you talked about how our generation feels like we should be nurturing all the time and maybe this is the difference between you know that that idea of like oh well, you we've never had it so good and all that stuff it's like but we've put ourselves into this position where we feel like we need to be nurturing and learning and helping and because we have the big awareness of psychology maybe yeah that our parents didn't have and I used to watch Neighbours twice a day like you know I can remember not being permanently entertained yeah it was almost like what she was saying about not feeling guilty it yeah. was really bold oh it's yeah. like well that's what we have to get to surely yeah just to go no I'm not gonna feel it yeah I feel a huge amount less mum guilt than I have ever felt in my life and I think it's because so many of the things I felt guilty around and sometimes still do I have to coach myself through it I I recognize the value of them now you know I used to feel guilty sitting on the sofa in the daytime I remember literally once Taryn coming home from work and I catapulted off the sofa because I felt like almost embarrassed to be seen to be resting when actually now I recognize the value of that so much so and I I did this little reel the other day and um I was on the exercise bike and the tv was on I mean Topsy and Tim I wish they'd make more flipping episodes I'm <laughs> sick of them I'm sick of them and uh Florence was watching the tv and you know I would have felt so guilty about that at one point even the thought of it and I was just thinking, I use what I can to get what I need to give them what they deserve. There are lots of things that I love doing that when I'm doing it, it is a gift to my children that I am prioritizing that in that moment because it is giving me something more to give them. Mm. But also it's, you know, on the flip side, it's giving me something more for the sake of the fact that I am a human being 
And I deserve to do things that feel nice for well, me as well. This leads into your light bulb moment that you put yes. on your Therapy Edits podcast this week, which was that we set the bar for our children's well-being with the way we set it for our own. Yeah. Can you explain that? Oh, my gosh. That was such a big, a big one, one for me. Mm-hmm. It was like a punch to the stomach because I think I'm not alone in at some point believing that to be a mum is to kind of give yourself away like sacrificially this is what I do now I'm all about my child I'm all about meeting their needs I you know mine goes to the bottom of the pile and that is what love is Mm -hmm. like love is based this is love basically Mm -hmm. and you know what happened to me from doing that so continuously especially through some of the challenges that we've been through was that I ended up resentful burnt out irritable depressed (laughs) had absolutely no capacity for even laughing because no personality you know, we, we need that's it no personality we need energy to laugh did, did you find that because I definitely had this I can remember laughing in the kitchen with Doug when the kids were like a bit older and both of us doing like a step back like fuck what noise just came out <laughs> what is this because I just hadn't laughed mm. which is really and that's and I don't mean that I was miserable all the time but just like like you said the energy to really laugh to giggle at something and I fucking love laughing yeah I especially love laughing when you're not supposed to laugh that's my favorite like when you get chronic giggles oh gosh yeah at school but like that that like yeah I didn't even have that in me no well you don't you know we don't have the it takes energy to rationalize anxious thoughts it takes energy as we were talking earlier to have those conversations with your partner about wait a minute what's actually going on about the dishwasher is it really about the dishwasher or is it that I'm just feeling angry and misunderstood or Mm. you know and it takes energy to have those conversations and I think I thought that to love well was to give myself completely away but then I had nothing left hmm. and I was quick to, you know, I could read, I, we can read all the books about parenting. We can get all the tools, but if we are completely and utterly depleted and burnt out, we cannot access them because we are in fight or flight. So in moments of challenge, our stress response kicks in. We're not then thinking, wait a minute, what was that thing I read that would be really helpful in this moment? We cannot access that. So what comes out is often that stress response. It might be that that reaction, that shouting, you know, that's something that is probably going to feed that guilt mm-hmm. moments later. Yeah. You know, so I started, I had to realize that doing those things that give me something back of myself is actually, it is a gift to my children. It did it feel alien though when you first yeah. did it? Oh, yeah. Oh, massively uncomfortable. Like I remember at my lowest point, my husband literally drove me to David Lloyd and he it was, you know, it's kind of like this gym and this pool and everything, and I do really like swimming. He was like, For the love of God, will you just come here sometimes and just do swimming or just do something? And I, I found it excruciating. I found it physically difficult doing that. For myself um and I think I put Oscar in the uh, crash or something and I felt awful mm. it was so and you're looking around at other people yeah. doing, going, do they feel this how what? come they can do it and they don't yeah. feel this and actually probably they feel the same yeah yeah and it was something I really had to kind of just become better at saying you know what I just need to go on a walk um my husband often will say can you just go on a walk now please can you just go and do something please because I'm getting that gap, that gap between being able to access the stuff that we want to access in the moments that we need it those tools mm-hmm. you know whether it's to do with anxiety or kind of parenting responses we can't we have to get that gap back for ourselves if you are constantly giving and giving your kids are seeing that yeah and so then what are they going to do when they become yeah. parents or when yeah. they become adults and there's a really there's a it's on her Instagram, but it's a Glennon Doyle clip. And I share it fairly regularly because I have to go back to it because I almost have to re-listen to it. You know, you're like, no, no, yes, yeah, I've, yeah. Got it, I've got it. And she talks about that lots of people are saying to like, how can I live my life when I'm worrying about my children and my parents and my family and all this stuff? And she's like, you're going to worry anyway. Like, what if we worried about setting an example for those kids that meant they didn't get to live either because they were copying what we're doing? what if we worried about not modeling a full human joyful life that they one day 
we'll be able to recreate. Like, what if we just took the worry and switched it in a way that gave us permission to live as well as other people permission to live? Because I just am telling you, like, I, I just know from my own life that there is this thing that happens when you first, when you stop believing that a good woman or a good mother or a good wife or a good daughter or a good, just buries herself, just doesn't live, just refuses Mm -hmm. to have desires, just refuses to have dreams, refuses to have feelings, refuses to have humanity. When you stop believing that and you instead decide, no, like a woman does get to have, have to have dream, ambition, desire, feeling, intuition, juiciness, all of it. And I really love it because she also says like at first, if you do it, there'll be a shit show and I feel like we've had that like where we're rowing because Doug's like well we can't do this and we you know and I'm asking him to do more and I'm saying I can't do that or I'm going off to Stroud to my warehouse and he's left you know picking up the pieces and then I come back and it's chaos and we're having to work that out Mm. right and we're Mm. we're getting somewhere but he's like if you can get through that storm then everyone is happier yeah and you get permission to live and you're giving yeah. your family permission to live. And I just think that is, and it's the same thing that you're saying. We set that bar. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so powerful. It's powerful and terrifying. And, you know, one of the biggest questions I get asked as a therapist is, how can I not pass my anxiety onto my child? How can I not pass my people pleasing on? How can I? Yeah. And it's yeah. all about what can we do? So so they don't have to go through that first, right? well this is it this is the mm, the most powerful mm. thing that we can ever give to our children mm. is the gift of them seeing us us you know mm. how not to pass your anxiety onto your child is to address it yourself because you deserve to address it for the sake of you as well you know mm. often the motivation is improving stuff for them when yeah. actually they're looking to us we are the pilot of this plane and we can say you can imagine if there's turbulence and the pilot is going, uh, guys, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, yeah, uh, uh, don't worry about it. You know, are we gonna? Are we gonna be like, oh yeah, okay, I'm already safe <laughs> I'm now. Safe. Yeah. No, but actually, if that pilot has a real confidence and knows what knows what they're doing, then mm. you know, we're just gonna sense that too. So we can be saying to our kids, it's all right. You don't need to worry about that. You know, you don't. But actually, if we are a ball of anxiety yeah that we can't and say that's that. what all experts say right like if yeah. you're if if you are all those things that's what they're picking up on yeah more so than what you're telling them that they should be yes. doing but I think a lot of us fear that our children will feel and have to deal with some of the same challenges that that we've had to be working through and, and you know what there's an element of they will have probably different will. challenges and yeah. they probably they might have some similar things and you know, we all we all pass messy stuff onto our kids. That is an inevitable part of being human. Human, but and they and I and it's also that idea that if you if they don't have to have any resilience when they're mm. younger, they never have to sit in a physio reception and entertain themselves, and they never have to wait to be picked up because they've got to go to after school club, or they never like all those things. Mm. Then their just needs are met every time before they've even got there then of course they won't have any resilience. I've got a friend who's doing training to do therapy and she has realised lots of this stuff of her own like childhood and that she didn't realise. But yeah, like, that resilience was lacking But because she had wonderful parents who, yeah. who did everything yeah. for her. And now she's like, but shit, that's why all these things went wrong because yeah. I, I didn't know what to do. Which can yeah. make you feel better about some of the fuck-ups, right? Absolutely. You know, we <laughs> so fear failing our children that we are actually failing them in not allowing ourselves to fail them does that make Mm. sense we worry we put so much pressure on ourselves and actually one of the one of the most amazing things we can do is fail our children and then do the resolution thing after you know that is such a powerful learning experience so I can have a morning and everything just goes to pot and I shout and I scream and then I can either just completely guilt and shame myself for that literally wait to pick up the kids and come armed with like loads of treats out of by way of apology or I can take a moment and and just apologize to them and say I'm so sorry mummy had really big feelings I should not have done that shouting 
but I did and sometimes we this is just what we do as humans but I'm trying to get some you know I should have gone and done some breathing or it's just about talking them through it mm. so that they this, go through that process with easier. you this yeah. gets easier as they get older like if mm. I say to but if, if I lose it or Doug and I have a row or something like that we can have that conversation with yeah. Mabel and they're old enough to compute that especially yeah. us at like 11 and that's really reassuring when you get to that point because just you you know when they're younger and you're like a four-year-old are they going to get what I'm saying are they going to whereas I think that's another thing that does get slightly easier and then they see you know they see the safety restored yeah I think the more we're able to kind of validate and value our own emotional responses to what's going on for what it is I love Mm -hmm. the phrase that someone else's broken leg doesn't make your stub toe hurt any less yeah you're still going to feel sad or in pain. So mm. just accept it for what it is. Yeah. And know that those emotions will change. I think sometimes we really fear that if we actually let ourselves feel sad or upset about that, we'll never feel okay again. We'll somehow mm. be swimming around in that emotion forever and we won't be able to cope. Well, and the phase that we're in that we're talking about in the podcast is about this rush hour. And what do you do? What's the best way to kind of mitigate it for you personally? Um, so I always go to think about the need that's there at what need in this overwhelm what need is there uh is it that I need a hug I need some space sometimes it's literally that I'm actually hungry and I've just overlooked some of those really basic needs and I'm depleted so therefore I'm not able to cope with what is happening in the moment as well it might be that I just need to talk or rant and then I think well how can I get some of that now even in the smallest possible way so not to overlook the small things so I think that's often what we do we're like oh my gosh I need like a week in a quiet room but I can't get that how can I whittle it down to something so small that I can have a little bit of that now you know it can I literally just close my eyes for 20 seconds and give myself a little bit of sensory deprivation and a sense of space you know, just to give me a little bit of something. So I'm acknowledging that and then thinking, how can I plan maybe later down the line or later today to get a bit more of that? So I think it's just about acknowledging for me what need is there. Mm. Am I feeling like it's like going well, into this a... is the book, right? So that yeah, it takes you full yes. service of the little yeah. book of calm. Yeah, it's got a range of emotions in it, basically, yeah. or, or feelings. And so you've got in there like depressed, don't feel good enough, envious, sensitive to noise, self-care. So it's like a reference book. Yeah. Right? So, so grab it, read those feelings and yeah. see which slots in like a jigsaw piece or... No, it's brilliant. I think it's just all so important because I don't know any person who's become a parent that hasn't felt all these things. So I think what you're doing is excellent. Anna. Oh, thanks there. No, but thank you so much for talking to me. And I think there's just so much in there that will be really helpful. Massive thank you, Anna. Uh, honestly, there were some things in that conversation where the penny was dropping as we were talking. And some of this was about things I felt when my eldest was a baby. So more than 11 years ago, um, especially the stuff about feeling one emotion and reacting in a certain way, but it's actually something else going on, but you haven't quite realised what that is. Ugh. Uh, there is a link to Anna's books and her Instagram in the notes for this episode. Thank you again to The Happy Newspaper for sponsoring this episode, as well as sharing good news, which I think we could all do with. And please get in touch with me at podcast at don'tbuyherflowers.com. Let me know if you've got any guests you think we should get on or subjects we should cover. I would love to hear from you. And good luck. We have camping trips coming up, so I'll let you know how that goes. (laughs) Obviously, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Take care. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.